I want to talk about education in the province because Toronto teachers are being told that they must increase their contact with students to at least twice a week, either online or on the phone. The TDSB has received feedback from parents requesting that teachers keep their children engaged despite the hurdles that come with education during this pandemic. Joined now by Annie Kidder, CEO of People for Education, to discuss further. She joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Annie, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right, seems uh, obvious, but just how critical is it to keep our kids engaged with education uh, during this pandemic? Well, I think, you know, it, what do we mean by engaged is probably the $60 million or more dollar question here. I think that keeping, keeping up the contact is incredibly important. And I think, I think that, and people are saying that for young people, that in-person contact is, is one of the most important parts. So there has been a lot focus on and laudable focus on, you know, how do we keep teaching kids and how do we keep the learning happening? But we also need to remember that our kids, like all of us, are isolated, we're worried, we're dealing with a situation none of us have ever dealt with before, it's affecting everybody differently. And so there's a real craving to be able to see the other kids in your class. I know, I mean, we have a whole staff uh, we meet online. It's, you know, more or less satisfying, but it is really nice to see people's faces. So I think that for the kids, that that in-person interaction with their teachers and with other kids is an incredibly important part of um, not just like being engaged in a big theoretical way, but feeling like feeling as if you're still part of the world and you still you can you still know the other kids are out there and the world hasn't disappeared and someday you know you'll be able to see them again in real life. So it so I guess what I'm saying very long-windedly is it is incredibly important that everybody is doing as much as they can, and I think it, it this is happening to make sure that that there is that in-person interaction. You know, that is really interesting because I think most of us, me included, were thinking about the interaction with the teacher, but interaction with your classmates is something that has been lost. And yeah, maybe kids are keeping up with one or two of their favorite friends in their class via FaceTime or something, but are you suggesting maybe kind of like a Zoom call that maybe parents are having on a regular basis with uh, coworkers in their department? We need that sort of thing for classes and classrooms. Yeah, and I think that some, you know, uh, that a lot of teachers are trying to make that happen. So it's, it is, it's like what we crave is the face-to-face interaction with anybody at this point. Um, so we, you know, trying to make that happen in classes is really important because I, I, you know, I think that what this pandemic, well, one of the many things it's, you know, shown us is how important schools are for so many reasons. They're important because there's all kinds of different staff in them. They're important because of the important because of the personal relationships between teachers and students and teachers and each other. But they're really important too because they are kids whole social lives, you know, to a certain extent. And their social lives are a very important part of their life. We can't go, yeah, yeah, and then there's their social lives. Um, That's, you know, if you think back to when you were a kid, you know, I, I can think about, you know, the boys I really liked, the people I was friends with, what I did, like that's the part of school that I remember. 
And so for kids now, but we do have to think about what about privacy? We have to keep all of those things in mind. And we're all in a kind of new land here. So I think that the directive from the Toronto board was to say, you know, basically, I haven't read the directive. um, We know you're all working really, really hard to get materials out to kids and, you know, give the feedback in that way. But this other thing uh, needs to happen to that kind of in-person, uh, in-real-time communication. But, uh, you know, I think that it is as much for kids to be able to have the experience of being of the social part of education, being in a room with other human beings, the teacher and the other students. Okay, you mentioned real time in the directive from the Toronto District School Board. One of the things they did say in that directive, Annie, they're recommending recorded sessions for students who cannot make specific times set by teachers. But is a recorded session, is that good enough? I mean, it certainly might be convenient for the teacher and maybe even the parents, but is that good enough for the student, do you think? Well, I not necessarily that it's not good enough. It's probably not nearly as good as being there in person. But the other sort of side of this coin that we have to remember, and that's why we too were worried about if you're going to say this is going to happen exactly this time every day and, you know, you have to be there, that the other thing that the pandemic has exposed or reminded us of is that all families are different. They all have different capacities. They're all dealing with different stuff. Um, So, we can't necessarily put the onus on families to say, you must have your 11-year-old or 16-year-old or 5-year-old in front of a computer, you know, ready to learn from, you know, 9.30 to 10.30 on Tuesdays and Fridays, because not all families can do that. So I think that that's part of the reason of saying, if the family, if the kid can't be there, at least then they can watch this video, which is definitely second best to actually being able to be present with the teacher. But there's so many things that have to be taken into account right now. And one is the amazing amount of stress on families, you know, who have, say, two or three kids, uh, a parent working at home, another parent who's in some kind of essential service, one computer, whatever, you know, all the kind of, and and all families are different. So some families have lots of capacity to make sure they're, you know, to get their child in the right place at the right time. Um, but other families don't. Uh, and we have to recognize that too. And we have to make, try and make sure, because everybody's struggling a little bit, um, that we're not just putting on, putting more pressure uh, on on parents and you know so it's got to have a ton of flexibility and it's it's really hard figuring these things for out. sure for sure what does the new normal possibly look like I'm sure these conversations are going on right now Annie uh, behind the scenes I mean if we are online in the fall if it's impossible impossible to return to the classroom mm-hmm. is it unreasonable to expect five days of classes given by teachers every week try to replicate the actual school day online. Well, I think that it's impossible to replicate. I think that 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 can't happen. But one of the reasons, so we last week said, and we wrote the minister and the deputy minister and everybody we could think of to say there needs to be a task force and there needs to be like a partnership table with everybody at it together at once. We can do Zoom calls um, where you've got the teachers' federations and the directors of education and the principals and the students' organizations and the school trustees all together, though, not in one-off meetings, so that together 
we can start to, you know, in deans of education, understand what's at stake, what is possible, and start to kind of collectively uh, imagine what the fall will look like. Because horribly, I, I, they, I think that there's not going to be, you know, back to normal in the fall. There's going to have to be some kind of combination of online learning and maybe in-person learning. But it's really, really important right now um, that there are there are many heads figuring that out together because we've got to have some consensus. We've got to have a little bit of agreement. We can't go into the fall with some groups going, no, we're not doing this part. Everybody has to be part of this decision. And, you know, everybody's not going to totally agree, but we have to make sure that we're listening to, to everybody affected by this. Not, and I'm not talking about a big public consultation. That's not what we need. We need experts there but together so they can all hear from each other um, so that we can understand how to make the fall uh, work for kids. Joined on the line by Annie Kidder, CEO of People for Education. Annie, I also wanted to get your take on this other story from the education file that's making news on this Monday. Students upset about tuition hikes. Uh, We're talking about uh, university and uh, college students. We're getting word that uh, some provinces are getting ready to raise tuition, despite the fact that, again, this might be online in the fall and students might not get the same sort of experience as they otherwise would get by being there on campus. Should tuition be going up or should it be going down like a lot of students are arguing? Well, I have a conflict of interest here having a child in university. I know that for universities, they are caught between a rock and a hard place. A, governments are funding them less. So in Ontario, for instance, I think Ontario is a place where the the per-pupil funding from the province is less than I think most other provinces. B, they're losing a lot of their international students, which is where they make their money. So they're trying to make it up somewhere. Now, having said that, so there's all the sympathy for the universities, which definitely they, they've got a problem. It is hard <laughs> if you are, I have watching, I have a kid in grad school that's all gone online now. It's not the same and it's not the same educational experience. And it it is hard to stomach or swallow or something, the idea that my educational experience is going to be not as good, but I'm going to have to pay more for it. But I think it's important to understand the why of this. And the why is uh, that post-secondary institutions are hurting um, in terms of having enough money to, to offer the education. So it's going to, again, back to the, you know, many heads, it's going to take some real serious thinking about, is this what we want to happen? It's happening across Canada, in Canada, or is this another thing the federal government has to address um, so that this doesn't happen? Yeah, I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday whose son is at Ryerson and was basically arguing, uh, you know, that, listen, it is not the same experience, so there should be a drop in tuition. And as a matter of fact, it's really tough for students because of the pandemic and the current economic situation to even find summer employment or find a, a job to pay the tuition, never mind a hike in tuition. And his question was, shouldn't the universities have to share in the pain like the rest of us? Well, I think that they, I mean, that's the hard part, and that's what I mean. They are, they're, I mean, I was astonished, now I can't remember the number, how much money they're losing by not being able to have international students. So it's a huge amount, which I can't remember. So they're, they are feeling the pain. I think that's why they're trying to raise tuition. But so they, they, we're all in a, we're all in the same storm together, and it's going to take some figuring out 
but it is. Uh, you know, I think your friend and uh, the son are totally right. The, the the education is not the same, and we, you know, that has to be addressed too. Yeah, because my my same grad school kid, like there were no summer jobs either, and there'll be no part time jobs in the winter probably. So we we do have to make sure that we're we're also addressing this along with all of the other. You know, there's so many parts of this pandemic that are. I have a husband who's an actor. He can't work either. <laughs> so there's a lot of different people affected in different ways. But education is definitely one of them, and we're going to have to look at that. Absolutely. Annie, really appreciate the time and the perspective as always. Thanks okay, so much for thank joining you. us. Okay. All okay. right. Be well. There's Annie Kidder, CEO of People for Education.